702. The Political Desk. At nine minutes to seven o'clock this Wednesday morning, the Chief Inspector of Mines has published guidelines in terms of Section 9, Subsection 3 of the Mine Health and Safety Act of 1996, um, requiring employers to prepare and implement a code or codes of practice to mitigate the effect of the outbreak of COVID-19 on the health and the safety of the employees. It is a 41-page document that uh, will hopefully um, make it possible then for mining activity to resume. Joining me on the line is um, Dr. Tutula Balfour, Head of Occupational Health at the Minerals Council for South Africa. Tutula, very good morning and welcome to the show. Thank you, Africa, and good morning to the listeners. Uh, obviously, when uh, the President made the announcement that we were moving to Level 4 lockdown, um, uh, the relevant ministers then uh, articulated that we'll see some mining activity resuming. The unions, quite rightly, uh, shared some concerns around the health and safety aspects, particularly in protecting their members and the employees uh, against the outbreak of uh, COVID-19. Having studied the 41 pages of the published document yesterday, are you satisfied that it will be safe for miners to return to work? Uh, most certainly, Africa. We need to remember that mining actually was allowed to start functioning from uh, level five. And uh, with the Minerals Council and the Mine Health and Safety Council have been preparing for this since about February. Our first uh, communication on COVID-19 as Minerals Council was in February. And in March, we put through a standard operating procedure for mines to use on how to manage the condition. And the same towards the end of that month, the uh, 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 Chief Inspector of Mines put through guiding principles on the matter. So we've been dealing with uh, this for some time in terms of how do we manage it. And even our documents, you know, we have seen as living documents where we just keep improving. So, for instance, now we are... This uh, new uh, guideline is being published in an environment where we actually do have COVID and we've got practical experience of what works and what doesn't when in February we were postulating and saying we might have to do whatever. So we're quite satisfied that the guideline as it is, we are still commenting on a few areas in the guideline, but it's a very comprehensive guideline. And I think uh, for all minds, it's been very important for them that, you know, you cannot function uh, if you cannot control COVID. So there's been a lot that months have put in place to ensure that, um, you know, the, the risk is assessed and mitigated and employees are protected against uh, uh, COVID-19. And I guess particularly for us, because we do have areas which are what we call congregate settings, it meant we need to go a little bit beyond and above what is expected, let's say, in an area where, you know, there is less congregation of people. Uh, you indicated that there are some sections of the um, guide that you are commenting on. Uh, what are those concerns uh, that you you have and what are you uh, recommending, I suppose, the department and government uh, do to address those concerns? Um, these aren't major. I think it's more probably regarding, you know, the, the, the how much is being put on as a responsibility to mine on a public health condition and uh, how we believe that, you know, it, can, it cannot be solely put on the mind. 
and therefore it has to be done in collaboration with the Department of Health, for instance, and other relevant authorities. So um, I wouldn't say there are major issues, no, not at all, but it's just to make sure that uh, we are not uh, um, sometimes unfairly bound to do certain things where we need to have other parties, you know, to be able to deliver on those. Let me ask this then as a parting question. What are the essential elements contained in this document that will ensure the safety of minors? Uh, currently, the document has had to include things like, you know, how to start up uh, in the current environment where some mine workers are still away from work and even in neighboring countries. So that process is covered. Uh, but chiefly, it's about on a day-to-day basis, you need to be screening employees daily, you know, for uh, uh, symptoms and signs of uh, COVID, taking temperature, and at what temperatures you have to act, and, you know, isolation, the testing, and uh, the quarantine of uh, uh, employees who are suspect, and also the isolation. So um, the current guideline really, really requires that the employers working with the employee when it comes to then contacting the condition and ensuring that the necessary uh, access to services, you know, is there, and also the reporting of that to both the Department of Health and also the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy. So it's all those, and the risk, of course, uh, is key uh, because we are about prevention as far as possible. You know, you need to assess the risks that are there on your mind and you know, ensure that you mitigate against those. So. That those are the that's I would say of the, the the guideline that has been put out. Thank you very much for your insights and for joining us this morning. Tutula uh, Balfour is the head of Con- Occupational Health Mineral Councils of South Africa, co- commenting on the uh, document that was published yesterday and gazetted uh, that will give some guidelines as to how miners can return to work in safety.